Air Force veteran Justin Ellenberg has started and sold several businesses since he got out of the Air Force. Now he's here to talk about his next venture, Patriot Supreme. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal. Navy Federal has a mission to put your members first by making their financial goals a priority. You can receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. It's open to active duty military, the DOD, veterans, and their family members. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members, including over 1 million veterans and their families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash Veteran Move for more information. Hey, we're talking with Justin Ellenberg from Patriot Supreme. Justin, before we're talking about the CBD business, because I really want to hear about this because CBD is everywhere. It's a massive market out there. A lot of veterans getting involved in it. Take us back. Tell us what you did in the Air Force. Well, back in uh, 1996, when I uh, joined the Air Force, they shipped me off, of course, to basic training. Lots of fun there. And I was actually trained in avionics in F-16. I said, uh, they gave you a dream sheet, and they uh, kind of put the dream sheet together. I said, I want to go anywhere in the world, but I do not want to stay in the in the States. I want them to pay me to travel, of course, you know, <laughs> is what you were thinking, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I got Aviano Italy, and it was, uh, nice. it was definitely amazing to uh, get so lucky as to live in Italy for two years and work on the F-16s. Of course, in, when, in your first year, anybody in the military remembers probably being the grunt, right? And mm-hmm. they put everything on you. So it was a lot of stress in the beginning um, doing that. Then I, uh, you know, I realized that I needed to kind of do something as far as getting an education and, and kind of get, so I went back to the United States. I got, I got stationed at um, Hill Air Force Base, Utah. Hmm. It was a fun station, but that was kind of my transition back into, you know, into the civilian life. Plus, it was my third, actually my fourth year in the military. And so it things got a little easier. They gave you a little bit easier of a job. You know, you had the other grunts that uh, you could give all the hard work to. And so it gave me time to sort of do a little bit of soul searching. And what I found was I wanted to go to uh, a university. And uh, I heard Arizona State University was a great party school, so I was kind of like, "You <laughs> should get your priorities straight." <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, <laughs> well, at least I went in the military and did something, and then <laughs> so I heard it was a good party school. Plus, I had been to Arizona one time. I actually grew up in California, so I drove through Arizona, and I had a friend there, and I thought, "Wow, that was really fun. I love the warm weather. I love the water, and if it really truly is a good party school, it should make you know a fun few years." So that was kind of my the beginnings of my transition. I actually got out early from the military on their like uh, you know go to school program. I think I got out like two or three months early. They let me go mm-hmm. so that I could get enrolled and get um, into the right semesters. And so that was uh, that was the beginning of my transition. And then, of course, when I got out, I was like, "Wow, I need money. So what am I going to do?" I found out that I could work. There was a company called Orion International, actually, and they helped me get a job at Intel, the chip manufacturer. 
So I went from, you know, kind of being in the military, normal rules and stuff, to all of a sudden I was working and making forty to $60,000 a year, depending on, like, you know, what schedule I worked. And uh, it was really good money. But I started looking around. It was kind of funny. I, I'm sitting at my desk looking around. I'm looking at all these guys. I'm like 22 or something at the time. I'm like, these guys are old. They're like in their 40s. <laughs> I'm 42 now, so yeah. I kind of consider myself an old guy. I remember when 40 was old. Now it yeah, seems so right. Young. <laughs> exactly. You're like, you know, those guys are old. So, But I'm looking around at the, in my 20s, and I'm looking around at these guys. I'm going, I don't want to work here for this long. And it was kind of boring. Like I wasn't being challenged. And so I just decided that uh, enough was enough. I actually quit a $60,000 a year job. I was still actually in, at ASU, still going to school at the time. By that time, I think it was like a year later, I had actually gotten approved or when I got out, I got my disability. It took almost a year to file all that paperwork. If anybody's ever done that, it's like, that's a test right there to see if you can actually file for a disability. I had no idea that the government could throw that much paperwork at you. Oh yeah. It's part of the test. See if you're really serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you want it. Right. <laughs> so at that point I got approved for vocational rehab. They paid for part of my schooling. They paid me to go to school. Plus I started uh, kind of like I, at that time, it's kind of funny. Like once you start to realize these things are happening to you and that you want more, I had to figure out a way to live on very little, go to school and start a business at the same time. And the way that I looked at that was I had, I was driving a nice truck, sold that truck, bought a piece of junk and it was paid off. Of course mm -hmm. I had a house because I had a, a good income while I was in Intel. I bought a house. I filled it with three roommates, including myself. So it was four people in a three bedroom, two bath house. I converted the garage into one of the rooms and, you know, I basically rented out the house for the same amount that the mortgage was. So now I was kind of living well for free. Yeah. And so it was, it was a way to, um, what I call it is, you know, people kind of dig themselves a trench and they get all these bills and stuff racked up, which, mm -hmm. you know, as you get older, that kind of happens, but <laughs> especially when you have kids. But at the time it was kind of, I was a little, a little bit earlier. So I went and just started business after business after business. And over the last 20 years, I've been an entrepreneur just, either failing or doing really well. Um, I've done both of them really well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of led me to one after another after another, and I've invested, invested, invested. I've actually had some successful companies that I've sold, and now I'm actually working on my fifth multi-million dollar business, which is Patriot Supreme. It's a CBD company, and I'm out there kind of like just you know promoting it, and I'm really trying to bring goodness to people. And the reason I, I'm built it around a community that I'm a part of, the veteran community, I think, and so far the adoption rate of my product to some of the friends of mine that, uh, you know, I have an army ranger buddy that's a, a friend of mine and he has severe PTSD and he takes the product and he came back to me. He's like, man, this has changed my life. And that's a good feeling. And you know, you have a good product when you're able to do something like that. And my own mom yeah. takes my product. <laughs> <laughs> so CBD is big in the news. It's even a lot of states are now legalizing marijuana, whether just medically and even more, even don't have to, doesn't have to be medically. Talk a little bit about the CBD industry and, and the market size and, and what's going on in the industry. 
obviously the industry is growing. It's starting to make it to the news. It's starting to like become really popular. It's it's being touted as this like kind of miracle drug, which I don't think. I mean, it definitely does some wonders. Like I, you know, it, it's great that way. There's, you know, all these experts and people reducing, producing reports that are saying that this is the next, you know, $20 billion industry. And right now it is a pretty good industry. Like there's billions of dollars being had in it. But as with any growing industry, there's also a lot of fraudulent people out there. So there's a lot of really bad products in the CBD market, but there's also a lot of really good products. As far as like educating yourselves or any entrepreneur educating themselves start with like asking questions and interviewing people there's some really good websites out there like um, leafly.com and mj.com that uh, where you can get like a ton of information about what to look for in a product hmm. and if you're talking about the entrepreneur side about starting a business you kind of just start to ask yourself and just educate yourself on what's good, what's bad, how do I enter this market, where is a good place to enter this market, and how do I really help people with this product? And as you start to look at that, that's where I think that um, where it starts to really take off is the focus of helping people, educating people, and bringing them out on CBD and what it does for people, then creating a brand and a product around that. Yeah, so... How are you able to tell the difference from a consumer perspective, difference between a good one, good company and a bad company, or a good product and a bad product? Research would be like the biggest one, right? I mean, like most of the guys that go just kind of like say, here's CBD, and then they go buy something, they're not really kind of educating themselves on, first of all, like why they're even wanting it. But as you kind of do the research, the more important pieces of looking at what a company is bringing to the table, they have a COA, uh, Certificate of Authenticity. Is it Certificate of, now I keep getting it wrong all the time, but it's a COA. It tells you basically what's in the product, if there's anything that's in the product that's not supposed to be there, any company that you buy from should have this online. If this is not online and they're not sharing that information with you, run. Because hmm. that means that they're not really proud of or they don't know what's in the bottle. And they're not certain of the origin. So if it's not U.S. made is another thing. If it doesn't say U.S. made on it, run. Because the stuff coming from China is bad. Like bad to the point where people are getting sick. Well, like stuff coming from China, is it, is it like something besides CBD or has it got all sorts of weird stuff in it? Some of it is not CBD at all. Like there's not C, there's actually not <laughs> CBD in it. They'll just kind of put, I don't really know what they're putting in it. But huh. if you go to Leafly, they did a really good um, a test. They took 48 products and they tested all 48 products to see what was in them and how it matched up to the label. And one thing I can say that I'm proud of is we were actually labeled by an independent company like Leafly, one of the biggest companies, as the most accurately labeled CBD on the market. That's awesome. Well, hey, hold on there just a second. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Within a few months when I first joined the Marine Corps, I became a Navy Federal member. That was over 29 years ago and I still have the same account after 29 years. Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals a priority. You can receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. A credit card APR average that is 4% lower than the industries. Member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and perks – 
access to over 300 branches and thousands of fee-free ATMs. They also have 24-7 live support through their U.S.-based call center. Navy Federal is open to active duty military, the DOD, veterans, and their family members. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members, including over 1 million veterans and their families. At Navy Federal Credit Union, their members are the mission. Visit NavyFederal.org slash VeteranMove for more information. That's NavyFederal.org slash VeteranMove for more info. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Make your hotel reservations and tune up your bikes. There's a new motorcycle demonstration ride taking place in Washington, D.C. over Memorial Day weekend. For the 33rd consecutive year, a massive motorcycle run will take place in the nation's capital over Memorial Day weekend to raise awareness of the plight of U.S. prisoners of war and the 82,000 service members still missing in action. The ride will be known as Rolling to Remember. The 2020 ride will also address the national suicide epidemic taking the lives of more than 20 military veterans a day. In close partnership with several other patriotic organizations, AMVETS is organizing what is expected to be the nation's largest political demonstration of 2020 and the world's largest one-day motorcycle event. AMVETS invites you to join us in ensuring that our elected leaders never forget the sacrifices made by those who have taken an oath to defend this nation. The event is free to the public, but sign up to ride, volunteer, or donate by going to rollingtoremember.com. Once again, that's rollingtoremember.com. Over the course of the weekend, scheduled events will include a blessing of the bikes at the Washington National Cathedral, candlelight vigil at the Vietnam Wall, and speaking engagement at the Lincoln Steps. Sunday morning, thousands of bikes will take off from the Pentagon parking lot and make their way around the National Mall, rounding the Capitol building in the process. Go to rollingtoremember.com for more information, and we'll see you in May. All right, we're back talking with Justin Ellenberg from Patriot Supreme. So, Justin, CBD, I actually went in a CBD uh, store several months ago. I'm real hesitant to take any of that stuff myself as being an airline pilot, but I wanted to see what it was at. I was actually checking some stuff out for my wife. I got a whole lesson on what CBD oil was all about and everything. Can you explain to folks, because a lot of people still don't really understand, what is CBD oil and what's it doing and why is it making people feel better and how is it different than actually, you know, smoking a joint, smoking marijuana? Yeah, no problem. There's kind of like, if you really separate them, marijuana has THC in it, which is the psychoactive ingredient that makes you feel high, that, mm-hmm. that gives you that kind of like euphoric feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Well, for some people, it's euphoric. For me, I'm not really a fan of that feeling. Plus, I end up eating too much junk food. <laughs> but uh, CBD is kind of the extract. It's uh, It actually isn't an abbreviation. It's just a uh, word. They like shorten the word cannabis oil into CBD, it's the part of the plant that really has a ton of health benefits. And what they're able to do is they're able to extract it through a couple different processes. And so it creates two different, well, now they have like three different types of CBD out there. They have a broad spectrum, a full spectrum, and an isolate. I wouldn't suggest using the isolate because they take out, they basically take out everything but the CBD. So you don't have any of the, um, 
like the plant matter, everything that they take out everything except the specific CBD, which kind of leaves out some of the goodness that uh, the plant that also the plant has. Mm-hmm. Broad spectrum takes out like 99.99% of the THC. So our product is actually tested down to a 0. 0.005 cuz that's how like it's like kind of like measuring a piece of paper. You can't really measure it with a ruler, right? Mm-hmm. And so they measure it the THC content down to what is that 100th or 1/1000th one of a measurement. Full spectrum can have up to 0.3% THC in it. So there's some full spectrum products out there. If you're looking, if you're okay with having THC in the product, it's not a bad thing as long as you don't have to pass a drug test because those ones, there is enough THC to where if you were to take a drug test, you can fail it by taking a full spectrum product. Mm -hmm. And so like, what about people that they really can't, they're, they're getting drug tested all the time. If you're still in the military, whatever job you may have, is there really any CBD oil that's safe enough to take knowing that like, you know, what if the, like the, the, the bottle you happen to get next month turned out to not be, have a little more in it than, you know, say, you know, previous months and all of a sudden you don't pass your, your analysis. It happens out there and it happens because there isn't, you know, a consistency amount of testing. If there is THC in the product, like a small amount of THC in the product, if you're taking a lot of it, it builds up in your fat cells. And then when you go to take the analysis test, you can end up not passing it. Our product, I've actually, I have a um, federal railroad employee who takes our product. And as he was in the beginning of taking our product, I asked him for a favor. I said, I need, I would like you to go down and get drug tested over the next 30 days every week. And he went to the labs and actually took a drug test on my behalf to show that when you have a 0.00% THC, you can pass a drug test. And so with our product, Although I'm not saying that you should ever operate machinery, take CBD and operate machinery, I am saying that our people, like our product, you can take it and still pass a drug test. That's interesting. I know in the state of Kansas, like and it varies by state, like even a state that where marijuana is not legal per se, mm-hmm. they still allow a very small amount of THC in CBD oil. I guess is the way it works. But like in this, in Kansas, for example. If you sell CBD oil in Kansas, it has to be 0.00. There's, there can't be any any residual at all in Kansas. So I can, it can vary by state what the requirement is too. It can, yeah. And also, you know, if you're still active duty military, the military still says do not take CBD. And there's rules and these companies have rules. They don't care whether it has 0.00 percent THC in the product. They just don't want you taking it. So first of all, listen to what your work says. If they say don't take it, don't take it because right. you're not going to, you know, if you do take it and then you, you, you get, you know, they go do these a hair follicle sample or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you, they take that down to some level that whatever the level is that they take it to. If you have a 0.0001%, they can say, oh, you you know, you tested, you failed. And so you, I would suggest not taking it unless you either ask your, your bosses or you're okay and you don't, you don't have to take your analysis test. If you do take the product, our product is a 0.00, you can pass a drug test, but it doesn't mean that it's right if your work is saying don't take it. Right, exactly. So 
let's talk about the business aspect of it. Like, you know, numbers, money, whatever you're willing to share. Where are you, are you growing your own plants and extracting the CBD from them? Or are you, are you getting the CBD oil from somewhere else? How's your operation run? I, I partner with a company out of Wyoming that uh, helps me source the product from several different farms, some farms in Washington and some farms in Colorado. They use a very strict process to create the same batch every time. And they use multiple fields in order to create the consistent product when it comes out of the distillery or like the distillation process. And so every time we get a new batch, we put a new COA against that batch so that we can keep and show every single batch to anybody that you know wants to see it it's on our website so for as far as numbers it can be difficult to jump into this business because usually the minimum orders can be upwards of thirty to fifty thousand dollars in order to start buying product in bulk get it all prepared get labels get bottling and everything for it it, there is a little bit of a barrier to entry probably the most challenging thing isn't just buying the inventory that's actually the easy part because a lot of companies and a lot of like there's a lot of funding out there that you can get to buy that the hard part in the business is creating a market for your own product creating a brand and bringing that brand out to the public and getting people to trust you that right. i think is one of the most challenging pieces in any in any business it's not just a cbd business but it's especially right now in the cbd business because of First of all, you can't market it. Like you can't market it on Facebook. You can't market it on Google. You can't even have a CBD product on Amazon. So to get and bring the product to the market, you still have to create this trust without using the typical marketing arms that exist right now. And that's my specialty is is online marketing. So it makes it a little bit difficult. Yeah. So even even if you're somebody selling 0.000 CBD with zero THC, your all those restrictions with you know Facebook, Amazon exist. If if it's some kind of CBD product, you're not selling it on their platform. You're out. If you have the word CBD anywhere on your product, you're out. A lot of guys are selling it as um, hemp oil, and so they can get under the radar with some of these things. But you know, as they get bigger and as they build on something that's sort of built on. Uh, trickery, I guess. Yeah. You know, the Facebook and Google and Amazon, you know, they, they just stomp those guys out the second that they realize or they see that you're getting big. So I wouldn't want to build an entire brand around trickery, <laughs> but right. you know, some yeah, guys are doing you. that. We're Amazon sellers, so <laughs> we we don't never sold CBD, but we knew we're very well familiar with the whole trickery thing. And it's just if you build a business on that, it's just a, <laughs> eventually it's going to bite you. So there's just no point in doing that. So mostly it's a marketing business. Yes. I mean, it's a marketing business. It, the, the online portion of it is the marketing portion of the business. The um, Some 60 to, I don't know, 60 to 70% of the sales that happen in CBD, like you said, you went into a store. Most of the sales, uh, you know, a good 60 to 70% of the sales that happen across the U.S. right now happen in a store. They don't happen online. People go online to do research, but they're typically going to a store to find out and ask somebody that's in a store, you know, their professional opinion, what do they suggest, what have other people used. They want to touch, feel, and see the product. And a lot of, in the states where there's dispensaries and, you know, whether it's marijuana with, you know, for recreational use or it's 
like in California where, well, I think it's, I think it's recreational in California now, but in Arizona, the dispensaries, you have to have a pot card to uh, sell it. And so they are, they are really a big component of selling the products also. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, from a, from a veteran perspective, somebody who's been through multiple businesses and, and sold several businesses successfully entrepreneur wise, like, when you're talking to veterans that are out there looking to get into the CBT, CBD oil business, what kind of things come to mind? Well, like I said earlier, research. Yeah. <laughs> I started this. Uh, so, I mean, I probably started, I think it's been almost a year now. I think I started in January of last year doing research. I didn't even form the company until June. And so I was doing research for almost six months of who's who, who's the big guy, how much should this cost, what, you know, what's the market saying, is this stuff real, which brand is real, what, you know, speaking of that, like, what are the benefits of CBD, who are those things going to benefit the most, and, like, where is the market needed, and where is there room for a guy like me, I don't have millions of dollars to spend on marketing and building a brand and getting this thing out there, so, you know, it's, okay, where can I fit and get a good niche and really help people. And, you know, I think that was a win-win for me is, you know, looking at the veteran community, looking at what it does for people that have a lot of anxiety and understanding what some of the benefits are. And I mean, like I use the product myself. And like I said, my mom uses it. My friends use it. It's just to talk about some of the benefits, it it has benefits of sleep. It has benefits of reducing anxiety. It has benefits of reducing inflammation, which is pain. And when you have PTSD or if you have PTSD, like I'm finding through friends that have that, that it's helping them with that. And I think that's like a part of the anxiety. You know, it's kind of grouped into the anxiety, but I think it's that little element that kind of takes the edge off that helps. Now, I'm not saying I can't make claims. So, not everybody's going <laughs> to, I got to make that disclaimer. Not everybody's going to be this. It's not a magical cure-all, but it's something mm-hmm. to, to be tried. And, you know, that's what I'm doing is bringing it to the market from that perspective of, you know, try this. We have a 60-day money-back guarantee. You know, send us the empty bottle back. You know, I'll give you your money back. If, if I'm not helping somebody, I don't want their money. Like, that's not what we're in business to do, right? right. And so we're trying to build that element. We have a YouTube channel with a ton of testimonials on it that, you know, if you want to find out what other people are using it for and how they're using it, that's a great place to find that research. But as far as starting a business, research is like the biggest thing that I did. Find that niche. You can't just sell anything to everybody. You've got to find how you help people. Then when you get to help people, then you can ask them for money. Yeah. So if somebody's interested in checking out Patriot Supreme products, how would they find you? PatriotSupreme.com is uh, the best place to start. We're pretty active on Facebook. We're active on YouTube. And follow us on Instagram. We love to post cool photos and stuff. Anybody from the military usually likes guns. So I like to go get guns and go shooting and take pictures with the product and you know really bring out the product to um, just kind of have fun with it, but also you know share it. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, Justin, uh, Last word, if you're talking to somebody that's still in the military on their way out, looking to get into entrepreneurship, what kind of advice do you have for them? Find a mentor. Find somebody who's done it. Mm-hmm. 
start asking them questions. Find somebody that's actually like a giver. And by giver, I mean somebody who will at least talk to you and kind of give you advice and may have been down the road that you want to go down. If there's somebody out there that, um, you know, is successful in an industry that you want to be a part of, attach yourselves to them. You don't have to become their friend in a weird way, but just ask them, hey, will you help me go down this road? Will you be a mentor to me? You know, asked another guy who's been in the cannabis industry for like 20 years. I said, hey man, you're obviously way more successful than me. Would you mind like providing me advice now and then when I have questions and I don't know the answer to? Because I don't have all the answers <laughs> and you probably don't either, right? And so find that person that you can at least bounce ideas off of and will be honest to you and say, hey, no, nah, that's not such a good idea. Go back and revise that one. Awesome. Well, hey, great advice. Uh, really appreciate it. Unfortunately, we're out of time. So uh, you've shared some good golden nuggets and words of wisdom and look forward to your future success in, in entrepreneurship in, in the CBD business. So good luck to you. And uh, look forward to future success. And maybe I'll have you back here in another year or so. That sounds great. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on. All right, Justin. Take care. Have a good day. All right. Bye. These two veterans are asking Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.